name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today, the title of the homily is, If I Live a Crucified Life by Faith, by faith in Christ, I can find spiritual victory and peace of soul. If I live a crucified life by faith in Christ, I can find spiritual victory and peace of soul. Two things that I think we like. Spiritual victory and peace of soul. So let's begin by examining uh, St. Paul's epistle to the Galatians. Understanding that this epistle was written to the Galatians because they were being trying to be convinced to become Jews. So they were, St. Paul's writing to them and saying, you're, you're fleeing uh, a, 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 a faith, a life of faith in the Spirit, and trying to find your salvation in the law. So we make sure that these two things are very clear to the Galatians. So he talks about a false, false gospel and a true gospel. The false gospel is that we, we and we can't find it in, in the false gospel, we can't find salvation in the works of the law, for no solution is found here to overcome the fallen humanity. We can work hard at stuff, but our fallen humanity is the problem. Law is good and holy, but it's weak, and it cannot confer righteousness. We find this just generally in our own life when we try to work hard to do the right things apart from God's help. So we kind of make this effort, and all of a sudden we find that uh, we're out of gas, we're out of juice, we can't do this because we're not doing it with Christ. We're trying to fulfill kind of an obligation or work out a plan without the help of God. So the Lord says, that will not attribute to you righteousness, nor will you be saved by that. The true gospel, St. Paul says, is that in baptism we are united to the glorified humanity of Jesus Christ, not only overcoming the corruption of our fallen humanity, but we're given a new humanity, one that is one that receives justification, sanctification, resurrection, righteousness, redemption, adoption, inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I want us to understand something very clearly here. These are not just good ideas. These are not just something that we hope to have. These are things you were given when you were baptized. You were given justification, sanctification, resurrection, righteousness, redemption, adoption, inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. You receive that. These are gifts you have. Not something far away from us. Not something that we are kind of seeking and looking out forward to. There's something inside of us, given to us. Blessed by God to live a holy life. The goal for us is to manifest those virtues, those things God has given to us. That's kind of our life. So according to the false gospel, it's just our efforts that saves us. No. According to the true gospel, it's a synergy, a cooperation with Christ in us. Unity of ourselves with his way and his will and his power. You know, we pray a prayer before it passed. Almighty God, our help and refuge, the fountain of wisdom, the tower of strength, who knows I can do nothing without divine guidance and help. 
Assist us, we pray thee, to divine wisdom and power that we may accomplish the task. That's, that's the reality of our faith, right there. I could do nothing without your guidance and help. So we have to understand how important this is. Uh, you know, I was thinking uh, last night when we were listening to the gospel text and recalling Great and Holy Thursday where Christ is nailed on the cross. And to me, it's in a, in a moment, it's like, it's not remembering the event, it's being present at the event. It's, 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 and it's being there where Christ was crucified. And how did this happen? How did the one that raised the dead, that, that healed the sick, that walked on the water, that calmed the winds, how did, we, how did he get nailed on the cross? Because he wanted to save you. We hear it in the we hear it every time before communion. Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Drink of this all of you. This is my blood shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. For you. That's why. That's why it was done. Why? Because he wanted to unite himself to you, to be with you in all, the, all of your life, all the things of your life. He wanted to be there with you, to be with you, to be your strength, to be your comfort, to be your guide. So we have to understand how powerful this faith is to us. It's not something that's out there. It's something that's in here, that we live in and live by. So how do we live this crucified life? Um couple of things I'll share with you. First, we need to, with the help of God, with the help of God, bring our, bring under control our bodily appetites. Okay? Our stomach, our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our tongue, all of them need to become under uh, our control they don't rule us. We rule them, our appetites. Think of the first thing, controlling the tongue, which is a nasty little thing sometimes. <laughs> St. James <laughs> can be a little piece of poison. You've got to be careful with your tongue. So uh, in Unseen Warfare, it says to, con to, to control the tongue by eliminating excessive talk, practice listening, and silence. That's a beautiful thing. You know, talking, you know, we kind of get, one of the saints says, the more you talk, the more you sin. <laughs> so it's quieter, 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 and find moments of silence in your life. Find moments of silence in your life. It's very, very important to us. Where we can calm down and just be quiet with God. So that's an important piece for us in controlling the tongue. But I want to emphasize something else here because I think it's become a, and it has been for years, but I think more now than it has been in the past, uh, controlling the images that we look at with our eyes because we're bombarded by image. So the Lord said in the famous Sermon on the Mount, the lamp is the body, 
The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, their light, if therefore the light, is, the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. You know, we know this. We can sense when we look at something we shouldn't be looking at, it, it fills the soul with a darkness. And we know that. My encouragement is flee that. That's, that's like a warning sign. When you feel that sense coming on you, this is not the image you should be looking at. This is not the image you should be following. Okay, it may show up, but you've got to find a way to jump off that train quickly. So as best you can, and, you, and we know it, we can feel it. When that image is there, it's disturbing us. And we have to learn that that's, that's the image we move away from. We step back from that image. Um, and then, then the images that we have that are very positive and powerful, the, the icons, um, the image of, of something that's beautiful and wonderful in our mind, a, a, a trip we took, a, 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 a thought of nature, something that draws us to good. An image that draws us to good is so important to us. So we're, we're, we're here to like crucify that image that takes away that light, and we elevate and practice that image that brings light into our soul. Remember one time when we were studying, um, Father John Braun was teaching us at the very beginning of our coming to orthodoxy prayer, and he said, I have my, I have my home altar memorized. When I close my eyes, I can see it. And he just he pointed, there's the Lord, there's the Mother of God, there's St. John, there's the East Lord. You need to have that. This image here, the image of the icon, the image of the altar, the image of the Mother of God before the altar, these need to be imprinted in you. Not just like, oh, I, yes, I remember that image. No, it needs to be in you, printed in you. When you close your eyes, you need to grab that image, the good images. So it, and they will overcome the bad ones. They will defeat them because they have an eternal quality to them. Those, those other images are just temporal. They will disappear. But you have to cultivate having that proper image, that beautiful image. So my encouragement to you is use your time in prayer, wherever it is, to cultivate good image and keep that image in your, in your mind and allow it to kind of be imprinted. It's really an important piece for us. Uh, secondly, we need to control the thoughts. We crucify the bad thoughts and uh, nurture those good thoughts. Uh, St. Paisios, and this is something that I've made an attempt to practice, <laughs> to flee negative thinking. St. Paisios says, don't do this. Don't go to negative thoughts. Uh, so what, uh, an effort you can make, and one of his encouragements, is when a negative thought comes, uh, pray it out, pray it out. A thought of something that's bothering you, something negative in the world, pray about it. Pray about it. And a negative thought comes to you, uh, uh, 
and a disturbing thought comes to you about something or someone, pray about it. You know, many of those thoughts are the temptations of the evil one. And so if every time he tempts you with a, with a negative thought and you pray, guess what's going to happen? He's going to stop tempting you. Because every time I tempt them with a negative thought, they pray. I've got I to stop this. They're actually getting better. They're improving. Their, their souls are being lifted up when I tempt them. So we have to understand that those thoughts come to us and we have to find a way to, to turn them. Saint, uh, Saint uh, Father Zacharias says we need to turn emotional energy into spiritual energy. The emotion of a negative thought can be turned into a spiritual energy when you pray. So all that we can turn all this to any time we're anxious about something, uh, concerned, the negative thought can be turned to prayer. So we crucify that negative thought, and we lift up and raise up that beautiful thought, uh, God helping us to, uh, to, to be raised in, the, in, that, in that place where, where, where we have, uh, we're encouraged, we're, we're, we're lifted up in prayer. Uh, and finally, the desires of the heart. The heart can be a coal mine or a gold mine. Coal can be dark and it can be a gold mine where it's very rich and fertile. All our desires of fulfillment, we all desire personal satisfaction. But how we get those desires is critical. What we desire will determine if we have spiritual victory or if we have and, and peace of soul. So, and so I'm, this, this is, I'm, these are three confessions I'm making to you <laughs> that I fight with. I want my will to be done. My will be done, right? My will be, I want my way, I want the things I want, I have my agenda, I have my plan for the day, I want it to go exactly that way. So when it doesn't, you get a little upset, right? So I need to be able to crucify that a bit and understand that God has a better plan for my day, not me. Right? Sometimes I have that plan and it turns the plan to a different direction. Why, do I why can I rejoice there? Because God desires my salvation with everything he gives to me. I may have a plan and God said, that's not the best plan for your salvation. Here's the best plan for your salvation. This is your day today. So we can live in a, with a gratitude toward God, uh, kind of pushing aside uh, my will be done, and accepting that peace of life that God gives to us, and find it for our good. Find it for our good. This is such a, a powerful way so we can find spiritual victory there, we can find uh, peace of soul there. But when my will is there, it's always getting confronted with disappointment. Disappointment. We don't need that. Okay? We want God's will we want to be able to accept what comes to us for our good or find a way to make it, make it to that good. So my second confession is uh, I want to live a pleasurable life. <laughs> so in the world, do we get to have pleasure? Yes, we do. God's given us a blessing to have the good things of this world. Yes, yes. But not to see these as kind of the... To, that's gonna, not going to bring me inner peace and joy. That's going to allow me to be uh, 
kind of content to a degree, but only temporarily. So what is the goal? In the kingdom, the kingdom is not food and drink or pleasures of life, but righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So if I look at this and I say, what is, what is my, what's my life's focus? Pleasure or the kingdom? We have, to be, we have to know that we have this kind of desire over here that we have to kind of crucify and say, my desire first is for the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness. And then, then he says, then everything will be added to you. Then everything, then you get everything. But that has to become your first, your first. And finally, um, I desire personal recognition, people to like me. People have a positive experience. That's not bad. I hope, I, hope you're, I hope we're all doing well with that. But that can become an issue of pride and vanity very quickly. If that becomes the high road, that becomes your goal. But, but the goal should be, how do we turn that? To please and love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. You know, we hear in, the, in Romans, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who could be against us if God is for us? So we have to kind of put this in perspective. You know, we look for kind of positive input from the world. Um, you know, the world isn't for us. It, it, it will turn on us. It doesn't have a consistency. God is the consistent one. God's the one that builds and lifts up. The world is the one that takes away and tears down. We know this, we've had that experience. So uh, to us and to be clear in how important it is to see the, the, uh, the importance of these efforts we make um, in our life to uh, live a crucified life to the old way and to live a glorified life into the new humanity that God has given to us. That's our goal. So let me end just with these beautiful words from St. Paul uh, in Galatians. You'll recognize this, but it ends in an interesting way because it, it helps conclude uh, this homily. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, long-suffering, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we walk in the Spirit, let us also, let us, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So let us, beloved, live in the Spirit. Live in that place where God's presence is uh, is our power and our joy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.